Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not a shit show. We were prepared. You're the one that's just flying by the seat of your ass. Hey, wait a minute. I've got a whole, week. Look at I've got a whole page here of things to talk about. <laughs> oh, it's your week. You should be prepared. Yeah. Well, prepared is a loose. Uh, yeah, loose we're just we're going with it. Mm-hmm. Can I just really quickly up top tell you guys I'm going to be at the Morristown Book Festival on October 12th? It's it's Morristown, New Jersey. And uh-huh. Meg Cabot, who wrote The Princess Diaries, it's just me and her in a discussion. Oh my God, how cute is that? I know. That's awesome. I'm really excited. And I did meet her at Book Fook Con in New York City this year. And she's like like a little pixie, just delightful little pixie. Oh, I love that. And I really like her. And we're just going to basically talk about books and, and stuff. So if you're near Morristown, New Jersey, it's October 12th. I think it's in the morning around 10 a.m., the panel. So if you can make it, that would be great. Awesome. Well, I was going to say, I just I forgot to tell you that I am going to go with you to Envy's Invade Philly. Even though you didn't invite me or ask <laughs> me to come to your table, I'm going to do it. So I booked a flight. I actually was able to use my points. <laughs> so I got a flight for $11. <laughs> to go up to Philly. Yeah, I know. I know. So that was nice. And I'm going to stay with my friend Kristen up there. So I get to see her. Well, you have a seat baby. at my table, of course. I think that's what I'm saying. I'm going to take one whether you offer it to me or <laughs> well, not. My friend Jill is my assistant for the weekend, I think. Oh, but she. Hey, Jill, move over. But you're welcome. To... <laughs> yeah. You can sit with us. See with Jill. Okay. All right. Thanks. I'll wear pink. I know that's a shock, but I will wear pink. But um, I was gonna bring some read me romance stuff and just kind of like see if I can smuggle some swag. And I didn't get a ticket to Indies and Made Philly. So do you think you can sneak me in? Wait, is it sold out? I'm sure it is. It, oh, it just email so Jen. She's she'll. Well, I don't know why you would just set up a table. To be honest, no, like, I well, mean, I know Mel won't be there, but I don't, there's no need to do a table. I just I want to walk around. I actually want to go to the signing because there's authors I want to see there. So it's not like I'm going, I want to go as a reader, you know, that's what Mel, I was telling Mel that the other day, I was like, I just miss going to signings and being a reader and getting to just talk to authors and get stuff signed. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to play the reader card. So that's I how I feel when I, that's in. how I felt at BookCon. I, I will, I'll send an email to Jen. At BookCon, uh, New York City, I just mentioned it earlier, but like just going to panels where like much bigger authors are talking, like Jenny Hahn yeah. wrote to all the boys I'd loved before. Uh-huh, she did a yeah. panel and just like going and sitting in the audience is just so nice. It's like, oh man, no pressure. <laughs> I know, right? It's so nice to be able to in like enjoy it and take away some really good information and be able to do something really I also bought a ticket for a polycon because Karen Burns gonna be there. And I don't wanna be like the first in line to see her. But like <laughs> She's those tickets like, this, sell like romance novel like historical romance novel retreat right now. I like dress Yes, dress I see her dressed up. Yes. We're just stalking I saw her, that yesterday. Casually stalking I know. her on social media. I was ab- I was hardcore stalking her and like her whole time <laughs> there. She looks so pretty. But I know she's gonna be at um a Polycon, so I got a ticket that you know, and they sell out like in two seconds. They do. Those are Polycon tickets too. But I want to get a Titan pass, so I joined the group to see if anybody starts to sell it when it gets closer. So because I really want to go to both days of the signing instead of just one. Yeah. 
So. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We're too. just gonna bum rush, just bum rush your table and knock it yes. over. And just... Oh, I saw. It was funny. Like somebody in the Read Me Romance headquarters was like, they were like, "I got my ticket for a polygon, a polycon, and the line for Kerrigan Burn starts here, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> behind me, bitches." <laughs> Oh my god, you guys should do a teespring for everybody who's going to a polygon that is in burn bitches and it's burn bitches and you guys can all wear them and then yes. you'll when you see each other, you'll know that's you'll a really know. world that's romance. A burn bitch. Burn bitch. Yes. Oh, we should yes. probably do it. We can have a burn we we should have like the the mean girls burn book, you know, on it, but have it say like B Y R like burn. <laughs> That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, we should do that. Let's write that down, Tessa. Write that down. Okay. Let's do it. Mel, make me a graphic. <laughs> okay. So Mel, why are you growing herbs? What ha- I'm seeing you on social media. You're growing <laughs> herbs all of a sudden with like a heat lamp and uh, what, what's going on? Oh my God. It's so cute. I know. I made a, fr- a new friend recently and she was doing it and she's like do it with me so I just started growing them and it's indoor gardening and I thought I would try it. my mom gardens like hardcore yeah outside huge boxes she's not messing around she's got watermelons I was like I'm gonna grow these little herbs and then I'm gonna take them over there and be like look at this mom I didn't even fucking go outside <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing this to throw it in your mother's face <laughs> so but I'm starting off small with the herbs and then if I can do those then I'm gonna go to you can actually grow like lettuce and tomatoes that's awesome and my friend is actually she's like I'm Marijuana. gonna eat my salad <laughs> <laughs> But actually, if it turns out well, my mom doesn't know about it. I'm going to get her one for uh, Christmas, I think. Because she can't plant in the winter. So it'll be a really good Christmas gift, I think, for her. What herbs are you growing? Which ones are you doing? Well, right now it came with just a stock, like, for the starter kit. And it's just, like, basil and mint. So it's more just, like, stuff you would top with. But I'm going to see if that goes well. And that takes about a couple months, I think. And then if those go well, I'll order the kits to do, like, the tomatoes and the lettuce and stuff. The bigger stuff. So you're planning on sprinkling awesome. the stuff on your takeout? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Except that my, uh, my son's not going to let us eat it. He, like, hangs out with them. Why? Like, he sits, like, next to them, and he talks to them. Oh, that's so sweet. And he said that he heard that you're supposed to talk to them to help them grow. I'm guessing maybe my mom told him that or something. Of course. But I catch him, like, a few times every week. He's sitting up there with his iPad, and he'll just be talking. I'm like, what are you? You're just hanging out with the plants? He's like, yeah. This is what you're supposed to do. sweet. It feels like the beginning of a superhero movie. Like the herbs are gonna like infiltrate his system. He's gonna be Herb Man or yes, something like he's that. He's gonna be super strong. Yeah, just defending vegetarians mm-hmm. worldwide. Yep, he's gonna be like super healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I bought some plant. I bought a plant for a house plant. I've never had a house plant before. I don't like things like that. I don't like like clutter and like stuff on things. Yeah. <laughs> But I got a fireplace and like an electric fireplace for my living room and it's got a mantle. So I got like, I went to home goods and I got, you know, like a random globe and a couple of picture frames and stuff for the top. And I got a house plant and it's, I'm, I'm telling you the, the, the leaves will droop. I will water it and I'll go out an hour later and they'll be standing straight up. Like it's yeah. alive. <laughs> and I just never, it never like, and now I'm like really invested in this you're house focused plant. on it yeah because i can see yeah. the effect of what i'm doing and how and i care for it 
It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to get really hardy plants, ones that I won't kill. Like, I have a fern, and then I have, like, this really hardy, like, just green plant. And I, and it doesn't require a lot of water or anything like that, so that part's nice. That is cool. So, so, so far I haven't killed those two things. But I'm, I like fresh cut flowers and I'll, I like grocery store flowers. That's like my one, I like that indulgence, I guess, is I'll just go to the grocery store and I'll buy a bunch and I'll just set them around the house. And I think they look, they just make me feel really nice. Like, it just feels yeah, My mom like grows them. She grows flowers and I'll come on and show up these beautiful <laughs> flowers and I'll be like, where are these? She's like, oh, I got them all the way in the back. Like, she hides them yeah. on the land from us or something. <laughs> yeah, I like it. We have to have our yard redone. They, When we had the construction done last winter, they tore up the yard because there was, like, a lot of stuff they had to do with, like, redoing the roof and, and coming around and bringing, like, sheetrock and stuff in and all these big trucks. And, and I don't know if y'all know, but last winter it was, like, a monsoon for, like, four months. So it was like, it was so wet and rainy that they just tore up the yard all around our house. And so we need to have it redone and we just haven't done it yet. At some point I would like to redo it and have flowers and stuff that I can do that, that I can cut and like, like bring inside and stuff so I can stop buying my grocery store flowers. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked you guys to, so bring a couple of things that you're super into right now. And I want to start with Leah because I, because I feel like Mel's, if it's what we asked her for, (laughs) might be might be great okay so one of the things that i don't know so i felt like this is maybe a controversial topic i listened to a podcast recently that i took a lot away from and i I posted about it like on my personal facebook and that's something else i have a personal facebook that is just my family and i get requests a lot of times from readers and stuff because i'm in groups and they see me and they just click on it and and, you know for a friend request and i always click no and that's because my my facebook is really private with my just my family on it and so but I did share this because I have a couple family members that I thought needed to listen to this podcast and it's called the dream and this is the description it says we've all got that friend or cousin who steadily hawks some overpriced miracle drink leggings or shampoo on social media they aren't just trying to sell you something but would like to offer you the opportunity of a lifetime to achieve riches while working from home on your own terms You've probably been too afraid or too loving or too reasonable to confront them. Not us. This season on The Dream, we go inside the world of multi-level marketing to expose the pyramid-shaped business model for what it is. Join us on this bizarre journey filled with snake oil salesmen, shifty millionaires, struggling single moms, and a few sweet grandmas. It is fascinating. So... MLM, multi-level marketing, is what, um, it, I feel like it's a new fancy way of saying pyramid scheme. Although, people who sell things on multi-level marketing will be the first ones to tell you this is not a pyramid scheme. But, essentially, just for ease of explanation, that's what it is. It is where you have to recruit people under you to sell a product in order to make a percentage off of those people that you recruit and then those people you recruit recruit other people and up and up and up in a in the shape of a pyramid anyways so I've had people in my life who I you know people that I really cared about that you know maybe we haven't talked in a long time and I'll get a message from them and I get really excited and then I realize they're trying to sell me something and they're like, hey, I haven't talked in a while. It's really good to see you. By the way, I have this awesome opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like my heart sinks because I'm like, I just really want to talk to you and hang out. And 
I feel like in my heart, I am a person who really wants to support women-owned businesses, even if that is in a multi-level, a multi-level marketing. But like my friend, I have a really good friend named Chelsea. She has a Facebook page. It's called Strawberry Feather. And she makes children's clothes and she makes them herself and they are a little pricey. Like some of the dresses are like $45 for a dress, but I've supported this and I've bought a couple of dresses from her before because she's a woman owned business. She makes her own things. Like she's a really great person and I want her to be successful. And the dresses I've bought for my daughters, I've used like, they're really nice dresses. So I've used them in like professional pictures where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get these dresses and they're going to wear them for Christmas pictures or spring pictures or whatever. So I've gone to that length, but you know, the, I, I don't know if I'm going to call out like brands specifically, but I know pod- some off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm sure like, other people are thinking them. Yeah. Too. You're think I know if you, if you guys like we're women, we've probably been approached by our own friends and, you know, and been invited to Facebook groups over and over and over trying to get us into these things. And the podcast itself is really interesting because it speaks on all of these things that you're thinking of that are multi-level marketing systems. And it's about their predatory behaviors. And that's what I found so interesting about the podcast is I didn't, I felt like my, I felt like girlfriends were just in desperate situations or maybe they just wanted to feel good about themselves or maybe they wanted to make a little money, but they get snowed by these companies and by the people above them that promise them, you know, riches and, and, you know, all these opportunities that they're having to struggle to get, you know, and it's just, it really sucks. Yeah. I want to say one thing about it. I yeah. like, so a lot of people online, and I know this isn't what you're doing poke fun at those women who try and do these marketing things on Facebook. And, Uh you know, we've all been in this situation where, and this isn't the case for everybody, but you just had a kid. Uh Your husband is gone all day. You're home Mm -hmm. by yourself. You've got nobody to talk to. You're maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit like you've lost your identity. Like you don't work anymore and you want to make a little money. And so you look for these these options and I don't, and these opportunities. And I like, I, those women, like I've been there, like I, you know, and I totally understand it. And I don't think it's fair when people get made fun of. It's like, you try giving up everything you've ever worked for. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're at home and you, you're lonely and you have nothing to like, that's what got me so upset. Juices flowing. You have no yeah. like motivation, and this these things really are like a lifeline to some mm-hmm. people. They're like, oh my god, I have a purpose that's outside of yeah. my child or outside of like whatever you're doing, you know. Like, and so I don't think it's fair to make fun of those people. But then you know those people are getting preyed on a little bit because because that's of the what situation that made you're me in. upset. Like, because yeah, because I feel like for something. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I feel like they, that people can see the situation they're in exactly like you're describing it, where it's like, I want to have something for me. I want to feel like yes. I'm contributing. I want to, I want to take a piece of this and make an empire. Like I see that. And, and as a woman who owns her own business, I, that uh, can validate, I identify with that, but it's the predatory behavior that makes me so angry that I've seen take advantage of my friends and my family who, I mean, I, I have people by blood who are close to me who have gone through this and been used and abused and tossed to the side when they're no longer making money for this company. And it's like, and, and it's because like, you know, the people I love, I see them, they're in a situation where they want that, where they want that. 
and they're promised that and then they're tossed away when it happens. Mm -hmm. And so that's what makes me so upset with like the whole multi-level marketing thing is like, you know, there, there has to be good people out there that do this and I want to support those people, but I don't want to support a business that has predatory tactics in it. Yeah. So that's why that I felt like maybe this is a little controversial topic, but listening to the podcast, I felt like the people who did it. So the ladies that put it on, one of them joined an MLM and anonymously and didn't say, didn't tell them she was and gave her experience of going through and actually buying the products, using them, going to conferences. So I felt like they were really objective about it. And they talked to people who, who ran, who run like the national MLM board or whatever. Like, I feel like they did a ton of research on this and they had people fact checking them when they did it. So I feel like if you want more information on this, or you feel like you're in a situation like this, I think it's a great, podcast just to give you information and maybe can help you talk to a loved one that might be in this situation. I think there's also a documentary that I watched recently called betting on zero. Um, that is about multi-level marketing, but it's also, but it's mainly about like herbal supplements, like herbal life. Yeah. Uh, just mentioned a brand. Um, I know that's okay. That's mentioned on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) that, you know, prey on people and and a lot of times immigrants because they, they that was another big thing too. They, they they want to make a better life. They want to, you know, they're starting from scratch a lot of times when they get here and like, they might've had a great job where they're from and they come here and they need to start from scratch. And like, that's another way that these, that these companies can prey on, on people. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a, that's a big part. That's a big portion of this podcast too, is the, the people who are, who are lower income, who are, you know, it's like predatory lending, you know, it's like check cashing places, you know, they prey on people in desperate situations and it's, you know, it's, 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 that's exactly what this is. And it's, it's hard to, to hear some of the stories that come out of this podcast, but it, I feel like I got more information from it and I felt, like so I, you're I'm saying glad it's I called the dream. It. Yeah, it's called the dream. And that's the first season of it. They have another season that's coming and it's about something totally different. So like season two, I can, I can read you the blurb for that one. Cause it has the trailer and it says coming soon. Okay. This one's about mob bosses, which I thought was going to be pretty cool too. And I do like the dream podcast because I feel like they do a ton of research and back up what they say. The season two is check out mob Queens, a new podcast from the team at stitchers. Mob stories are always all about the guys but not this one anna jenna genovese is a new york drag drag club maven and badass mob wife hollywood bestie jessica bedinger writer of bring it on and michael selinger writer of rupaul's drag race are obsessed they piece together anna's story racing between speakeasies mob formats and former drag queens but will their heroine's secret unlock more than they want to know about anna and themselves mob queens is out now listen everywhere you get your podcasts Wow. So that's another, that was a recommendation from the people who put on this one. So I feel like that's a good recommendation because they do, like I said, they have a ton of research and fact stuff to back it up. And sure. Just like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like like us. Lots of facts. Yeah. So that was, that was one thing I I listened to this week that I was like, that was, I thought that was pretty pivotal. So yeah, it is good. Mel, do you have a a recommendation for something? Would you like to talk about it? (laughs) I want to know. I'm so excited. I don't know where to 
to start? You guys were like, tell us about this locked up okay, love. Okay, tell us what is what is the show? Mel watches locked up love. We want to know about it. We want to know uh, at least a couple of the storylines. It is just like it's been my weird. It comes on Friday nights, and now it is just like my thing. Like I know tonight I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna make dinner, and I'm gonna record like. I'll start, like, because you don't want to watch commercials, right? So I know I have to start 15 minutes after it plays, so I can fast forward through the commercials. (laughs) I got, I, I always get my cake for it. I get my rainbow cake from the grocery store. I sit down. I have a friend I text with while I watch it, and I'm just like, it is like my highlight of the Friday night. And the kids aren't allowed to be downstairs either. Because they're loud. I'm like, go upstairs. It's locked up love the time. Okay, so what's your favorite couple from Locked Up Love? Well, they have two different seasons of two different groups. Like, kind of like Teen Mom, if anybody watches that. How there's two different casts. Oh, so they, they sense? check in. They keep going around and checking in with them. Like, Yeah, so like fiance. one season starts after another ends. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's like two different groups of people. And like each group has like four couples. Okay. What channel is this on? I think it's on We. Oh, okay, okay. Or maybe TLC. One of those two. It sounds like no, it's We. (laughs) No, it's We. It's We because I had to get the app because you could get bonus content on the app, and that's the first time I I got on the. I downloaded this app and was listening to the extra videos one morning. I spent my whole morning doing it to get catch-ups of old couples. But it's just about people who have met people on the inside. So, like, first part of the story, you go through them mailing with them. Like, prisoners. Emails and it's calls. prisoners yeah. meet, that meet people on the outside and they start by mailing letters to each other. Yeah. Most of them met them while in prison. So, so they the were, women and men it's very, meet? Yeah. While in prison. It's very few that were together before. I think maybe only even one, if I can recall right. And they were only together for, like, a hot second. So do you feel like these women just have a thing for prisoners? It goes both ways. It's women on the inside, too. Oh. And guys have a thing for them. And guys have a thing for them. Why is that so Have you read my book yet? (laughs) No, but I've noticed the guys, all the guys that are with the girls on the inside are super controlling. The guys are? Yeah, they are super controlling when the girls get out. So they're like, they're like actively looking for a woman who's already in a cage. Yeah, I guess one of the women Yes. So they've are one of the women actually they say it's like a whole system. They um they game these guys to get them to send them money. Oh yeah, it's oh, for the commissary yeah. and stuff like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a whole like one chick is bad. Like you know she's gaming the guy the whole time. And these people are spending like forty to a hundred thousand dollars on these people. What? A year? I don't. They're like, how much have you spent on them? And they're like, probably forty to fifty. Because I know it's not expensive. I've for uh, I've sent somebody money in jail before. That's like an offhanded family member, and I know it's not cheap for them to get shit. Really, it's expensive in jail. It's expensive in jail. So I've had to randomly send like a couple hundred bucks every now and then because I feel bad. Yeah, but I can see why it's easy to con because like even this person is distant to me and I feel bad and I'm like, okay. But Mel, I want to hear something crazy that happened on the show. Tell me something crazy. Oh my God. It's all crazy. One guy gets out the main couple or not the main couple where he has two girls. In jail? No, he's on the inside and he's working two girls. His wife, 
his wife, and then a random virgin. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He takes her virginity when he gets out, gets his wife free pregnant. Oh and wait, they have, and then, they, they, and they then he violates parole. They don't know about each other. They find out about each other on the show. Why is this turning and me then, on? And then he goes back to jail. <laughs> and then he goes back to jail, and they're still rolling with him and messing oh with him. Oh, my God. Wait, he goes back to jail? He's got yeah, this- and they all know about it. Now they're all on Twitter fighting. Oh my god! Oh my god! They didn't know about each other, but now oh, they didn't know before because of the show was aired. A woman who's got two men on the inside. Oh my god! So she's one woman on the she's on the outside, and she's got two guys, both in prison, and one just got out. And so she's trying to balance with the calling the other guy who's in jail that's her fiance, and dealing with the new guy who just got out who's actually hot. Some of them are hot, and some of them are just fucking crazy. It's just crazy. So did they? So none of them knew until the until the show aired, right? They didn't know about the other person. The one? No, they don't know. Like this, the one that's live right now, the guys don't know it. Well, now they know. No, now they because it's just Aaron. They You're just, making me want to watch know. this show really bad. But you have to start from the <laughs> beginning. I'm just like, what's yeah. okay? Boys had the best part. The girl who's definitely just working the trucker guy. She she gets released and she comes running out and she like jumps into his arms and knocks out his temporary <gasps> tooth. Oh He's my like, god! I just got that put in. I'm like, I'm like rolling on the ground oh laughing. Oh my god! Stop. <laughs> so I like I saw you posting though in headquarters that there's like an episode where the guy the prisoner like gives her a condom full of sperm to like put in her. Yeah. Yes. No. So this, a new season no. has started, and he like mailed her, or not mailed her. She comes in, and somehow he got a, a Ziploc bag of cum. But she's Ugh. got like kids back at home, and he's like, "Take this in the bathroom and put it inside you." And I'm like, "I can't." Does she do it? No, she said she didn't do it. She's like, "I figured it wasn't still alive." She well, it wasn't. She didn't yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it dies if it's not inside of a body. It doesn't live. Like, right? Uh, like, for I a very short uh, period of time. Oh, no. No, that's so gross. He's like, tells her, he's like, go into the bathroom and shove it inside you. I'm like, oh, my God. Does he want to get her pregnant? Is that yeah, the he wants, he wants that's to get her pregnant. <laughs> Can they not have conjugal visits? No, they're not married. Oh. So they can't even touch. Like, some of them have never even touched each other. Oh, my God. And then they get released and then they, like, immediately live together. And you're watching it all. You're like, oh, my God. God, I feel like part of I feel like the main appeal of dating someone in prison is that they're not all up in your space. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like I can't even imagine like when they get out and all of a sudden you're like, uh, you're gonna uh, clean that fucking bowl, asshole? <laughs> or what are you gonna like? What are you doing? I mean, it's got to be about control because, like I said, the guys that have been with the girls on the inside, except for the trucker guy who lost his tooth, are <laughs> super controlling yeah. when they get out. Oh yeah. And a yeah, couple they want of them the back girl, in one prison, of the girls, probably. One of yeah. the girls has gotten out, and like you're really, I'm really rooting for her. Like she's doing good. Okay. Yeah. One of the girls, like her friend, was involved in a like a robbery that gone wrong, went wrong. And even if you're involved, like an accessory to a crime, and yeah. a felony happens or somebody dies, you get charged with that too, the full count. And her boyfriend, did they rob a bank? I don't. They didn't. Yeah, they robbed somebody. If, they, and if somebody. 
if you try to rob like a federal institution, like a bank, that's how it is. Like even if you're in the getaway car, your ass is going to so, federal prison. So she's like this beautiful girl, and she was a part of it. I think she was just kind of pulled into it by her boyfriend. She pleaded out, like she pleaded, and got like 13 years. He went to trial and is free. Oh, no shit! It's a and flawed he's the system, one that committed folks. The crime. <laughs> oh my Such god! Such a flawed system. Yes. <sighs> okay. Holy fuck! So she's in jail. Yep, that's fucked up. Damn. All right. Well, so you're Friday making me want to watch the show. I know, right? <laughs> Locked up love on we. <laughs> okay, okay. So I've got a couple of recommendations. Mine are obviously going to be a lot darker, even darker than sperm in a baggie. Uh, <laughs> But I, that's life what are you talking about somebody recommended the website bell okay so a woman had posted in headquarters asking for porn rex to watch yes. her husband which i was like yeah. i love it and then somebody, i got on that thread somebody on the thread <laughs> mentioned uh this website bellesa b-e-l-l-e-s-a.com and it's porn for women and it's free and it's not like one of these sites where you click on it and it takes you to some like, not that I know from experience, but some, like, <laughs> weird pay site. Yeah. But it's really good. It's, like, it, there's not, like, a thousand categories. There's, like, two categories. It's, like, romantic and sensual or rough. And you pick. <laughs> and yes. It's good quality. And so I have to recommend that. And I also discovered nice. on that website another porn star I forgot about, Ramon Nomar. Which, Wait, I feel like I know oh, that name. Is he older? Oh, yeah. Is he an older one? No, I feel like in the videos, he's probably in his mid thirties, but I don't okay. know how long those videos have been around. Okay. He, okay. He's like, he's like the same, I, he, I put him as the, at the same age as uh, Manuel Ferrara. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ramon Nomar, N-O-M-A-R. He's another really good one. If you guys want to look that up. Um, so that's my, one of my recommendations is the board website. <laughs> and then if you like darker stuff like me, there's this show called Shot in the Dark on Netflix. If you've ever seen the movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, it's about like, there's these these people called stringers that go out at night with a police scanner and they wait for accidents or shootings or something to be called to be called in on the scanner and they race to the scene to try and get it on film. And then they, they sell the film to news stations for money. So this show, Shot in the Dark, is about three different companies who do this and how they all compete against each other to get the best shots. Is it a reality show? It's a reality show. Oh, shit. It's so good. If you like stuff like that, if you like true crime or anything, I it's like... I want to see that. Yeah, it yeah. sounds good. I'm going to ask you if you watch Evil Lives here. I watch all those shows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I watch all those shows. Um, I watched that one. It's and good that stuff. One. That one's fucked up. <laughs> Evil Live Here. I watch like Wives with Knives, uh, like all of it. But Evil Lives Here has the best intro I've ever seen. Like the theme song and like the graphics? Like the the graphics and the – I'll record it. Is that legal? I think think you're allowed to record like a small spigeon of something. And I'm going to post it in the uh, Read Me Romance group. I mean, if they send us a cease and desist letter, we'll just – (laughs) <laughs> we'll just ignore it. No, I think you're allowed to do a certain percentage, just like you're allowed to share a certain percentage of a book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do think I just read the whole Gronkowski thing, but I guess it's whatever. <laughs> no, that was fine. You're allowed to read. There's okay. you're like 10% of a book or something like that. Okay. Um, okay. One last thing I wanted to say was that somebody recommended in um, – so I'm still do, doing my thing where I'm watching old movies for book research. Yeah. Uh, so I watched The Quiet Man. Uh, which is my favorite so far, Maureen O'Hara and John Wayne. He goes home to Ireland to buy his mother's cottage where she grew up. 
and falls in love with this like Irish girl who's in a field tending sheep. And the way he looks at her when he first sees her is like everything that you love about romance. It's amazing. He looks at her and he just is like, he's done. uh, It's done. He's done. There's this dramatic kiss in the rain. Oh my God. I can't even tell you. So that's the one I liked. Somebody recommended to have and have not with Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, who are a real life couple. And she told me, she said, this is how she sold it to me, this girl in headquarters. She was like, it's their first movie together. She hadn't met Humphrey Bogart yet. So her hands are shaking in the first scene because she's so nervous. And you can see them falling in love throughout the course of the movie. And I was like, fucking sold. I'm in. I'm I'm in. in. So I watched it and she's right. Like there was a, there was a whole secondary plot going on that I was like, just get to the romance. I don't care. About the plot. <laughs> like there was like all this political turmoil happening in the town. They were like the place where they were in the country they were, and they were trying yeah. to get out. The government would let them out. And I was like, I don't care about that. I just want them to be. <laughs> Lauren McCall is such a fucking badass. Like she I had powerhouse. no idea. God, I just feel weak when I'm like, see oh. her. I'm like, I am not worthy. She's she, such a powerhouse. She like. She, her first line, she's like, throws her body up against the wall. And she's like, you guys have a light? Like, she's, <laughs> no. she's got this She's just one voice. of those, yeah, oh. it's like one of those, it's like one of those, like, you know, old school, like, bombshells that's just ballsy as fuck and just, like, knows herself and so it's just ballsy. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, what's it to you, Steve? You know, just like, <laughs> I know. she's just like got a real like yeah. attitude about her. And mm-hmm. uh, she's everybody is always smoking in these movies. It's so I funny. I know. It's always. so great. I love it. Uh, yeah. And I also watched To Catch a Thief. But you know what? That one I didn't like that much. I don't know. It was yeah. like, it's Grace Kelly, who's insanely beautiful. She like ended up being a princess of the princess of Monaco at 26. She quit acting and married a prince. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she's beautiful. And then Cary Grant's in it. And I was just like, he didn't do it for me. I don't yeah. know. He never looked her in the eye. The whole movie. It drove me nuts. <laughs> like, how can you not look at her? She's Grace Kelly. Uh, I so know. Anyways, she's that's gorgeous. Like, that's like considered one of the greatest romances of all time. And I just did not, I didn't get anything out of it. And you didn't feel it. Nope. So The Quiet Man, I'm recommending. It's very good, except there is a part where he drags her five miles very, very roughly. Uh, I don't, I do not condone that. And a woman comes up and goes, here's a stick to beat her with. And I was like, wow. I texted my dad. I was like, except for this part, the rest of the movie. Yeah. Pretty good. Head on. Yeah. Okay. That's it. We're going to play the second installment of the Football Pants Chronicles by Tessa Bailey, some bitch. And (laughs) we'll be back (laughs) on the other side. That bitch. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Chapter 5 AJ was trying not to freak Lizzie out, but honestly, he just loved watching her do things. All of them. Her pickup truck was damn near the size of his, so when she'd climbed into the driver's side, he'd almost killed himself lunging forward to give her a boost. Turned out she hadn't needed him, so he'd just stood there like a jackass, observing the way she started the engine, adjusting mirrors, and popping a stick of blue gum into her mouth. All of it while still blushing from what they'd gotten up to in that guest bedroom. Hell, don't think about it. Don't think about the fly of your jeans being a little damp from her cum. Think about losing the Super Bowl in overtime. Do you... Lizzie ducked her head 
sending him a sidelong glance beneath her eyelashes. Do you still want to go with me? Of course. Oh God, how long had he been standing there watching her fiddle with the radio? Sorry, I was watching. I love the way your hands move, especially when you don't really know what to do with them. Good, that was real good, AJ. Always point out a woman's nervous habits. I love the bump on your nose. Lizzie breathed in a big rush before dropping her head onto the steering wheel, causing the horn to beep. When she looked up again, he must have been grinning like an idiot because the tension evaporated around her eyes. I think it's nice when people like other people because of their flaws, not in spite of them. Nervous hands, bumpy noses. I'd like to take a nap someday with my head in your lap. AJ murmured, without thinking it through. But crazy enough, he didn't feel the slightest bit of embarrassment over making such a silly statement. Not in front of Lizzie. Especially when she smiled, face lighting up like sunshine. I'd like that too. Someday. Someday would be coming real soon if AJ had anything to say about it. Best not to push too hard, though, and remember how much progress he'd made since their first meeting, when she'd run away on him. That memory opened a pit in his stomach as he rounded the truck and climbed into the passenger side. But he filled it in with a vision of her smile. They drove to the farm, which was around ten minutes away, parked outside the barn and headed inside, AJ carrying Lizzie's medical kit on his right shoulder. When they cleared the entrance, an older gentleman who was standing in one of the stalls performed a double take when he saw AJ. What in the devil? The man slapped his leg. AJ Lott, I hope you didn't come here looking for a game. My back isn't what it used to be. AJ laughed and shook the man's extended hand. No game, just helping Lizzie out. She's my quarterback today. He caught Lizzie's grin as she disappeared into the stall. Before following her, AJ lowered his voice and turned to the farmer. I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention my being here, just until we're gone. You got it, AJ. Then it was only him and Lizzie left in the barn. Over the top of the stall, he marveled as she worked, delicate hands moving between the supply box and the ailing horse. She spoke gently in the animal's ear, trailing soft hands down her brown coat. Lord, he could have watched Lizzie work for a month straight and never gotten tired of it. Rain began to patter on the barn's roof, evening rolling in, and still he stared, learning her patterns and mannerisms, tucking them away. I need to stay a while, Lizzie husked, coming out of the stall. Might be the whole night. If you want to drive back in my truck, I can get a ride home in the morning. AJ shook his head. I won't be passing up a chance to spend the night with you. She exhaled, green eyes tracking down his chest, his abdomen, the pretty round tits he'd been deprived of seeing so far, lifted and fell softly. But when she spoke, it wasn't what he expected. I heard you ask Lonnie, the farmer, not to tell anyone you're here. Her fingers traced a pattern over the ridges of his stomach, and the outside rainstorm thickened along with his pulse. What would happen if he did? I don't know, sweetheart. People get curious sometimes. He fit a hand against the back of Lizzie's head, pulling her up against his chest. 
wishing he could simply enjoy holding her in the near darkness, but too worried to do so fully. They'll want to know about you as much as I do, but I play defense for a living. No one can get through me if I'm prepared. Just talk to me. Thunder rumbled into the silence, colliding with his heartbeat when her touch trailed lower to the waistband of his jeans. Soon, okay? She flicked open the button and slowly lowered his zipper. While he tried to maintain some degree of brain power, she slipped her hand inside his jeans and flattened a palm beneath his belly button. I want to talk, just not tonight. AJ's growl competed with the thunder. He was aware she was intentionally distracting him, but after that afternoon, he was too desperate to resist temptation. That's not playing fair. No, it isn't, she whispered, sliding her hand lower inside the material of his boxers. It's not fair you weren't taken care of earlier either. You took care of me so good with that rough body, didn't you? Yes, he heaved, blood rushing south to his cock. That's my job now, mine. Just try and stop me doing it again. Lizzie gripped his thickening flesh and stroked, firmly enough that it hurt just a little, the perfect damn amount, the way he did it when he was alone. Can it be my job to take this ache away for you, AJ? Please, he groaned, vowing to make her talk afterward, immediately afterward, soon as the agony went away. Where can I take you? There's an office. He was striding toward the back of the barn, Lizzie in his arms, before she finished speaking. There might have been a sense of dread settling on his shoulders, but the lust was roaring louder than the storm outside, drowning it out. Chapter 6 Oh God, oh wow. Lizzie firmly believed in women being able to enjoy sex without all the wooky love feelings that came along with it. This was definitely not one of those times. AJ might as well be carrying her on a fishing line, dangling from a hook because she was good and caught. How could she not believe a man like AJ when he said, make your problems into our problems, let's battle them out? He was worthy of that kind of trust and more, but was she strong enough to leap? Making major decisions while being carried by an aroused giant was not advisable, however, so Lizzie put her troubles on the back burner, focusing on the man whose gusty exhales were battering her like the gale winds wailing outside. AJ kicked open the barn's office door, striding inside to set Lizzie on her feet. And yeah, she backed away from all that intimidating muscle, her back smacking the wall. It was like her brain had shouted, regroup. Oh, but then he had to go and hold up his hands in that I mean no harm gesture. But those hands were shaking. So with a whimper, she shot forward, grabbing one baseball mitt-sized paw. Then she dragged her tongue up the center of the palm. I only get jumpy around you sometimes because there's so much awesome to take in, okay? You're like a big powder keg waiting to go off. I just want a good view. His mouth fell open with a sound of odd relief. Thank Christ. 
He closed in tight on Lizzie, gripping her ass cheeks in both hands, dragging her up the front of his rippled body. Set me off, sweetheart. With her toes dangling a few inches off the ground, her stomach bottoming out, Lizzie was honest about what she wanted. I need you in my mouth, please. AJ loosed a muffled roar from behind stiff lips, nostrils flaring, eyes riveted on her mouth. Entranced by his reaction, Lizzie nonetheless tried to wiggle free of his grip to kneel on the floor, but AJ wouldn't allow it, catching her by the elbow. You want my needs to be your responsibility. That makes you my woman, and my woman doesn't kneel in the dirt. What AJ did next made Lizzie so wildly hot, she knew it would be her go-to fantasy for the rest of time. He sauntered toward the bare metal desk, removing his t-shirt as he went, putting all that otherworldly power on display. He climbed onto the sturdy, thank God, surface, lying face up. Then he smacked a hand against his chest. This is where you sit from now on, sweetheart. You're not the only one who wants a good view. In a state of near debilitating arousal, Lizzie hesitated only a moment before removing her dress and joining AJ at the desk. She planted a knee on the only available patch of surface, then climbed up to straddle his chest, facing away, facing his lap and the thick erection lying against his belly. Eager to touch, to experience him, she ran greedy hands down his corrugated stomach, which made it necessary for her to bend forward, lifting her backside. AJ's hands weren't gentle when they grasped her cheeks, massaging the flesh of her bottom with hands capable of destruction. Changed my mind, he growled. Get back here with those spread legs and sit on my jaw. Holy shit. No, I need you like this, Lizzie whispered, bending forward even more to reach his erection, taking the meaty girth of him in two fists and polishing the head with her tongue. AJ's body jolted and shook beneath Lizzie, her name breathed like a command. His legs fell wide, dropping onto either side of the desk, hips lifting in tight bucks, wordless prayers for more. But just as she bent her head, intending to slide her lips down as far as she could manage, AJ's fingers tangled in the silk of Lizzie's thong, jerking her back. Can't, can't look at that primed pussy and not taste it. Get back here now. The man was as strong as ten oxen, so he succeeded in dragging Lizzie back, devastating her by sliding his tongue beneath the strip of her thong, ending at her swollen clit. Oh, there was a feminine pride battling to the surface that wouldn't allow her to give in, though, refusing to give in to pleasure without giving it first. So she latched onto his muscular knees, battling the resistance, and pulled herself toward AJ's lap again, closing her mouth around his shaft and sucking until her cheeks went hollow. Fuck. He jerked her thong down to mid-thigh. You think I'm too polite to give you a nice big mouthful, sweetheart? Keep making those little sucking noises, and I'll prove you wrong. God, she wanted that. She did until his thumb entered her body from behind, teasing her G-spot with swift, ruthless strokes. Because then, then she wanted all of him, filling her. Her perked up backside and throaty whimpers must have clued AJ in, because his hands were on his jutting arousal in seconds, applying a condom he'd dug from his pocket. 
Only if you're ready, Lizzie. His words emerged strangled, but caught up in her own state of desperate longing, Lizzie was speaking his language. She slid forward on AJ's ridged abdomen, went up on her knees, and allowed his big hand to guide his erection close, so close to where she needed. And then she sank down, down for what seemed like forever. Oh my God, she cried out through clenched teeth, thighs already starting to quake. Behind her, AJ sat up, pressing against her back, his hot, wheezing breaths finding her ear. I know, sweetheart, it's a lot. His fingers made themselves known between Lizzie's legs, strumming her clit like a guitar string. Thank you, he rasped, for taking me into this body. Been needing you so bad, I can't remember when I didn't. Me either, Lizzie gasped, truth escaping. No way to stop it, or the roll of her body, the slick lifting of her hips, the grind and backward pop on the way back down. So good, she moaned, but it got lost in AJ's coarse pleasure sounds, sounds that only made her move faster, made the rising tide in her middle lift, lift. No one rides me but this woman, AJ growled into her hair, that thick part of him thickening beyond what she'd thought possible, stretching the flesh between her legs, his fingers picking up their pace on her neediest spot. No one pets my woman but me. No one talks to her like me. No, nobody, Lizzie whimpered, throwing an arm back to hook around his sweaty neck. Something about that stretch of nerve endings buckled her defenses, crashing them down under the weight of her climax. But her scream was cut off when AJ surged forward, forcing her palms down onto the desk, taking her from behind while the orgasm continued to power through her system. Yes, AJ, please. Her body must have been stronger than she'd ever thought because it withstood the daunting force of muscles slamming up against her buttocks and thighs, that giant part of him staking uncharted territory deep inside her. I'm almost done, Lizzie. It's just, fuck, fuck, you keep putting that ass up higher and I have to keep taking. His roar echoed in the small office. That's my dripping wet pussy, isn't it? Yes, Lizzie screamed, her fingers curling around the desk's edge. Going to come soon. Now. Her mouth fell open on a silent shout with those final few thrusts, the impact of them brutal and beautiful at the same time. The sensation of warmth found her core, and then they were slumping together, harsh breaths and heartbeats in sync. They only remained that way a moment before AJ turned Lizzie around, pulling her into a bear hug, laying kisses all over her face until she started laughing. My manners are trying to make me apologize for speaking to you like that, Lizzie, but I can't. Meant it all. He jerked her closer. Mine. We on the same page? Made even more breathless by his possessiveness, she nodded. Pulling herself away from AJ was difficult, but eventually she pulled her dress back on and went to go check on the mare. On shaky legs, she approached the animal, relief pervading when she appeared to be doing much better. Needing to retrieve a piece of equipment from her truck, Lizzie slid open the barn door, and pandemonium broke loose. Flashes went off, blinding her instantly. 
Cameras? Voices shouted, male and female, asking for her name, asking for AJ, asking what they'd been doing in the barn. Heart hammering in her throat, Lizzie stood paralyzed until a familiar presence stormed up behind her, wrapping an arm around her waist and pulling her backwards into the barn. The door slammed, cutting off most of the noise, everything except her racing pulse. Damn it, AJ ground out, turning Lizzie to face him and bracing both hands on her shoulders. Look at me. She attempted to focus on him as he spoke, dimly registering the farmer must have had a loose tongue. It was going to happen sooner or later. And hell, a part of me likes knowing will be public knowledge. I won't lie about that. I want people to say our names in the same breath. Lizzie shook her head, couldn't seem to stop. You don't understand. I understand we're together now, no matter what happens. AJ and Lizzie. Because she'd fallen for this man. Because denial in the face of such incredible, earnest sincerity was impossible. Lizzie nodded. She would savor every moment of him. While it lasted. Chapter 7 This behavior was crossing some kind of line. A.J. Damwell knew it, but he couldn't make his feet bunch. To be fair, when he jumped out of his truck and hit the ground running in Lizzie's driveway, he'd expected her to be awake when he blew through the closed door of her bedroom. Not curled up like an adorable kitten in a mess of sunny yellow sheets, sleeping the morning away. Now that he'd gotten eyes on Lizzie, seeing she was alive and well, he remembered the medical box in the hallway, the discarded tennis shoes, and knew she'd been working late, which might account for his two brothers, also known as the full-time bodyguards he'd hired to keep the press off Lizzie in his absence, being sprawled out on her couch sawing logs loud enough to deafen a man. Three days he'd been out of town, but it felt as if a decade had passed, or maybe only 30 seconds. Because he knew as soon as Lizzie opened her eyes, they would pick right up where they'd left off, like he'd never been gone. Lord, that certainty was something huge. So huge he couldn't walk out and leave the girl to sleep, staring down at her like a lovesick moron instead. An accurate description of a man who'd damn near broken his leg getting off the plane an hour ago he was so sick without her smile. Sick about so many things, really. Seeing the footage of her walking out of the barn enough times that he'd memorized the paling of her face, the dread in her eyes, and worst of all, the sag of her shoulders that told AJ she'd seen that moment as the beginning of the end, which it wasn't, not as long as he had breath left in his body. He'd become better acquainted with Lizzie's past while out of town, in a way he hadn't anticipated. But that was the beauty of finding someone who made your heart soar and ache all at once. Nothing could get past the magnitude of it. As if he'd wished Lizzie awake, she turned over amongst the sheets, revealing a definite lack of shirt or pants tight white underwear with blue hearts on them, a design that obviously appealed quite a bit to everything south of his belt buckle because his cock plumped and lifted so fast bursts of light went off behind his eyes. Uh-oh, AJ rumbled. And that's when Lizzie screamed, 
jackknifing in bed, jerking the sheets over her breasts and attempting to scramble away. Sweetheart, it's just me. AJ held up his hands, belatedly realizing he hadn't even turned on a damn light, probably making him seem like the Yeti come down from the mountains to terrorize her. Fast as he could, AJ reached toward a lamp and knocked it off the dresser where it shattered on the floor. AJ? His head fell forward on a whooshed sigh, even as his heartbeat kick-started at the sound of Lizzie's husky sleep voice. You know it's me because I broke something. That's great. He faced the bed again, sort of glad he'd broken the light so she couldn't see his red ears. I'll buy you a new lamp. He caught Lizzie in midair as she leapt. Pink sugar smell went to his head, delivering a mental knockout, rendering him incapable of doing anything, but almost crushing her to death just to get more of the scent into his nose. More feel of her smaller form against his chest. Hi, she murmured into his neck, her lips teasing the ends of his hair. Remember when you said you tend to come on too strong? Not sure he was able to speak just yet, because who the hell was lucky enough to get a welcome like that? AJ grunted a yes instead. I think it rubbed off on me. AJ's laugh turned into a groan when Lizzie used her thighs as leverage, pushing up higher into his hold, fitting their lower bodies together and gasping. You can thank those panties for what you're feeling. He swallowed hard. You think maybe you could wear clothes to bed when I'm not around? I barely slept being away from you with everything going on. If I'd known you were naked, I probably would have cut and run during halftime. No, you wouldn't have. Lizzie laughed into his shoulder, the vibration of it making him feel whole. Calm and aroused and thankful and useless and powerful all at the same time. Can I? Can you? He cupped her backside in both hands, swaying them from side to side. Can I what, sweetheart? Can you lie down on top of me? The whispered words were laced with shyness. I want to feel your weight. Maybe someone else would have found that request odd, but AJ, without even realizing it, had been hoping she'd ask. What kind of amazing voodoo was that? Some of my weight, Lizzie, AJ said gruffly, easing them down into the bed. I like pancakes for breakfast, but I don't want one for a girlfriend. He kept his knees planted on the mattress, his forearms too, but pushed down on her in degrees more and more when every ounce he allowed himself to release made her moan. Or maybe that was him. You needed this too? Lizzie's feet slid into the back pockets of his jeans as she nodded, her eyes at half-mast. You seemed so far away when I watched you on TV. Her toes curled against his ass. Now you can't be any closer. I can feel you all over me. Oh, Lord. Could she feel his heart thumping, too? Had to. He could feel hers hitting right back. I don't want to feel far away to you. He allowed just a little more of his weight to ease down, both of them gasping at the added pressure, courtesy of his neglected cock. Come with me next time. When he rocked forward, Lizzie's breath hitched, 
her touch dropping from his shoulders, coasting down his back and lower. I don't think that's a good idea. Warm hands slid inside AJ's jeans, nails digging into the flesh of his ass, tugging him into the notch of her thighs. You n need to focus. I'm so damn focused, he ground out, before remembering they were talking about football. Why were they talking about football? After the games, Lizzie, I've still got all this, I don't know, testosterone. So I usually stay late watching game film, lifting weights, running sprints, whatever I need to do to lose the energy. He tweaked his hips and felt a shiver run through Lizzie. If you were there, sweetheart. Jesus, I can't even think about what kind of a monster fucking I'd lay on you. Those fingernails buried in his buttocks drew blood. How? How? AJ growled back. Maybe I'd take you down to the weight room and orgasm you between reps. Hell, maybe during. Something very male, very animal rippled in his middle. Something only Lizzie had ever coaxed into the light. Or maybe I'd slam that pretty ass up against my locker enough times to make a dent, so I could look at it the next day and know I made an impression on my woman. Lizzie's hands began tugging on his waistband, legs restless on either side of him. I need you now. I need you. Hey man, what are you doing in there? Frustration smacked AJ square between the eyes at the sound of his brother's voice. But unmanly tears very nearly appeared when his second brother piped up. Mom's outside, AJ, so you might want to, uh, wrap it up or unwrap it, depending on what stage you're in at this point. A pause. No way around it. This is awkward. Lizzie started squirming beneath him, pushing at his shoulders. Your mom is here? She wasted no time diving out of the bed when he rolled off her body. Her sweet, tight, ready-for-AJ body. What? I have nothing to, to wear or eat or... And my grandfather must be wondering... AJ turned onto his back, praying for deliverance from the boner gods. I couldn't hold her off. She said she'd wait until I got back to come meet you. He sat up with a wince. I'm back, so here she is. Something about the flustered flush on Lizzie's cheeks made his head spin like his brain was working double time to record the memory of Lizzie meeting his mother, the lead-up, her beautiful nerves, how they meant she had a stake in this, in him. I've lost my damn mind over you, Lizzie. She froze in the process of fastening her bra, tongue sliding out to wet her bottom lip. Every time a player on the other team bashed into you during the game, I wanted to punch through the television and break their stupid noses. Her face split into a lopsided grin. Maybe I've lost mine over you too. No maybe about it, AJ said gruffly. I know you. I can feel we lost them together. I know, she whispered back, her gaze sliding toward the door. More nerves coming out to play in her pretty face. Is this going to be okay? He held out his hand. I won't let it be anything else, sweetheart. Chapter 8 AJ's mom had brought baby pictures, four leather-bound albums worth, 
She thunked them down on Lizzie's kitchen table, patted the seat beside her, and picked up as if they'd been friends for a decade. It was hard to concentrate on the stories that went with each picture, however, thanks to AJ sitting across from them, grinning like a lit-up jack-o'-lantern. Not that Lizzie minded. She had three days' worth of missing his face to make up for. Three long days of waiting for the other shoe to drop, too, now that they'd been pictured together. Wondering which form that falling shoe would take, how AJ would react, if he'd be around to share his reaction at all. Scariest of all, how would she handle the fallout? Lizzie had lived stress-free for six years for good reason. Slipping now in the face of adversity would be a devastating setback, not just for her, but the family that had stood by her through the dark times, her sister, her grandfather. Lizzie slowly filled her lungs with oxygen. She wasn't letting anything spoil this morning, this perfect morning in her bright kitchen, with AJ's two brothers knocking around like flannel-covered wrecking balls trying to throw breakfast together, his mother glowing with pride over her boys, and AJ, just AJ. Mom, tell Lizzie about the time AJ slept on the top bunk. Bonnie Lott flipped a few pages of the album and pointed. There, Lizzie leaned in, viewing the picture of a teenage version of the future defensive end, lying among broken pieces of wood, a wool blanket pulled up to his chin. Shattered the whole piece of furniture, crashed to the ground, and didn't even wake up. He's faking sleep because he's embarrassed, Lizzie murmured, leaning back in her chair with a dreamy smile but it faded when she realized everyone was staring at her. I mean, right? Were you? One of the brothers turned from the stove to ask him. Yeah, he answered, eyes locked on Lizzie. I was. A few heavy moments later, when his mother said, oh my, Lizzie realized they'd been staring at each other across the table for an interminable length of time. Someone better feed my son before he takes a bite out of Lizzie. AJ and Lizzie pushed away from the table at the same time, both looking sufficiently sheepish. AJ going to help his brothers plate breakfast, Lizzie going to the refrigerator for orange juice. She poured the pulpy liquid into cups Bonnie pulled from the cabinets. No idea what to do with her hands once the task was finished. Oh, I forgot. AJ waved the spatula too wide and his youngest brother ducked to avoid it without batting an eyelash. I picked up something for Lizzie and mom in Indianapolis before the Colts game. Out in my truck. Just let me go. I'll go, Lizzie interjected, grateful for a chance to regroup. She hadn't been this social in a while, let alone with people who mattered so much and hoped some fresh air might calm her nerves. She took the keys AJ extended, breath hitching when his thumb brushed over the back of her hand, and fairly danced out of the kitchen. Well done, AJ, Lizzie heard Bonnie say as she reached the door. With an impossibly wide smile on her face, she unlocked AJ's truck, checking the back seat for their presence first. Not seeing anything, she went to close the door, but something caught her attention. Sticking out of a slouchy gym bag that had been stuffed beneath the seat was a manila envelope, torn open enough that a hint of the contents were visible, contents that included her name. 
A dull thud beginning in her ears, Lizzie hesitated only a moment before reaching out for the envelope, shaking a document and two photographs into her hand. And her knees buckled, slamming into the truck's running board. She barely recognized herself in the first shot, taken when she was probably 18. In it, she sat on a floor, staring lifelessly into a glass of liquor, while the person beside her cut lines of cocaine on a makeshift cardboard box table. The other picture was a mug shot, taken the day she'd been arrested for public intoxication. The last day she'd taken a drink, to be exact. Just knowing AJ had seen the pictures caused her stomach to heave, moisture gathering and pushing behind her eyes. Quickly, Lizzie scanned the contents of the accompanying letter through blurry vision. Blackmail. An anonymous someone wanted a huge payout to keep the pictures and other information about Lizzie out of the media. God, she'd expected something like this, but the reality cut like razor-sharp claws dragging along her skin. Because AJ had seen these photographs, he'd read the letter, and he was still there. He'd still introduced her to his mother. And that was when she knew if she didn't leave him, he would let her past drag him and his good guy image right down into the gutter. No way could she let that happen, not to anyone, but especially the man she'd fallen in love with. Wanting one more afternoon, pretending to be blissfully ignorant just a few more hours wouldn't hurt, though. Tomorrow. That was when reality wouldn't be staved off anymore. When Lizzie realized her gaze had snagged on the glass of liquor in the first picture, she shoved the documents and photos into the envelope, placing it back in the gym bag. Grabbing the gifts, two novelty dartboards in the likeness of Peyton Manning's face, Lizzie went back inside and ate breakfast, tugged into AJ's warm side, trying to ignore the loud countdown ticking in the back of her mind. Come home with me after this, he asked against her ear, one big hand settling on her thigh beneath the table. Lizzie nodded into his shoulder. Chapter Nine I can't make it, sweetheart. AJ huffed, wedging his arm between Lizzie and his front door just in time to soften the impact, but not enough to keep the glass pane from rattling probably along with his poor Lizzie's teeth. I can't make it to the bedroom. Me either. Her palms skated down his erection, then drew back up slowly, lifting his heavy cock, ripping a groan from his throat they likely heard a mile away. Just get me inside. Seductive green eyes flashed beneath black lashes. Or not. His pained laugh cut off abruptly, when Lizzie rubbed her tits back and forth over his abs, her breath catching, head falling back. A fantasy straight out of the devil's playbook, and he wanted in the game. Pick a pocket. If we get the keys, I'll try and make it to the kitchen. There's a condom in the other. He tucked his fingers into the neckline of Lizzie's shirt, ripping it down the center to uncover ripe, braless breasts. Christ, they were gorgeous. The second pocket is your ticket to getting banged up against my front door. Lizzie's mouth fell open, as if unable to believe his temerity. Hell, he was a little shocked himself, but he allayed his concerns by vowing to buy her a new shirt, a Texan's one, maybe pink. I already know which pocket the condom is in, she whispered. 
I had my hand in your pocket the whole way here. I'm aware. AJ growled, planting a rough kiss on her mouth. It's why I'm in this state. Can't even get my woman over the threshold like a damn gentleman. That made Lizzie's eyebrows draw close, but she reached into his pocket and handed him the keys before he could explain that it had been the best ride home of his life, her pretty voice bathing his ear, her touch teasing up and down his belly, along the inside of his thighs, over the bulging ridge of his dick. Lord, he might have kept driving if pleasing her body wasn't his foremost concern. They fell through the front door a moment later, AJ catching Lizzie up against his body, stumbling toward the kitchen and wishing his mind were slightly clearer. Clear enough to reach through the sweet desperation he'd sensed in her back at her house. How it continued to mount, and with it, their sexual fervor grew and grew, until getting inside Lizzie and asking questions later was his only option. Or maybe he could get through to her now, with his body. God knew when they touched, his heart bore the impact. It had to work the other way around. Had to. He was losing her somehow and couldn't figure out why. She knew nothing about the letter, nothing about the meeting he'd taken on the road with his lawyer, the team lawyer, a private investigator. And he wouldn't be telling her either until there was a clear-cut solution, or he risked her running. But no one was taking Lizzie away from him, not if he had to take on thousands of bloodsuckers one by one. Possessiveness surging in his blood like blue fire, AJ positioned Lizzie against the wall of his kitchen, sliding his fingers into the sides of her hair. You think there's anything I wouldn't do for you, Lizzie? She stilled before jolting back into motion, unfastening his pants with an unsteady smile on her face. Why should you even be required to think like that? Why should you have to consider all the obstacles that might come when you could have something easier? Because I fell in love with you. His heart pounded right up into his throat. And I'd love you if this was easy or hard or in between. It's the love that matters, not the way we get there. It doesn't care about obstacles. Time seemed to slow down as Lizzie watched the words come out of his mouth watched as they crystallized between them. Thoughts streamed past behind her luminous green eyes, almost tangible enough to reach out and grasp if they would just slow down. AJ held his breath when Lizzie went up on her toes, laying a kiss over his rocketing heart. Do you love me enough to let me save myself? Save us? She wet her lips. No questions asked. Lord, she'd asked him for the one thing AJ wasn't sure he was capable of giving. His instinct was to protect her, to save her, to take on all comers. But Lizzie had asked for the opposite, asked him to watch from the sidelines. Not remotely easy for a man who lived to confront. Time to put your money where your mouth is, he thought, even as his stomach rebelled. Yes, he rasped, letting his forehead hit the wall above her. But it's not going to be easy for me, sweetheart. I know. Her hands stroked up beneath his shirt, over his abdomen and chest, then back down to remove the condom from his pocket, shoving his jeans down and rolling on the latex.
Don't make it easy for me either, she breathed. Let me take on some of your frustration. Give it to me. With helplessness biting at the back of his neck, that invitation couldn't be passed up. He stooped down, shoving a forearm beneath Lizzie's ass, lifting, sucking on her tits with a bone-deep growl. She arched her back, allowing the brutality to happen, whimpering through it, encouraging him with fingers combing through his hair. Tell me to stop. He groaned the words into the valley between her tits. I can't hold back when I feel you disappearing on me, Lizzie. Don't hold back. She sobbed AJ's name when he reached down, cupped his hands beneath her knees, and lifted her high, high on the wall, level with his mouth. His head clouded with lust, he ripped off the panties covering her pussy and set to work licking, needing to ready her tender flesh for the pounding his body was giving him no choice but to deliver. Fingernails ripped at his hair, and he welcomed the sharp flashes of pain, welcomed the cries she loosed above his head, the insides of her thighs squeezing tight. Oh God, AJ. They were both frantic by the time AJ had gotten her primed. He allowed her to slide down the wall, wasting no time pumping her full of his ready cock, driving into her tight body, fucking her with the kind of ferociousness he'd be ashamed of tomorrow. Feel me now, feel me, he gritted out. You remember how much I need you, Lizzie. You're going to be my wife one day. You're going to wear a ring and I'm going to wear you out every chance I get. And I'm going to love you through all of it. So you damn well remember that. Don't leave me with all this love and nowhere to put it. They climax together, banging into the wall and shouting like two crazy people who'd gone crazy together and owned it. When their breathing regulated, AJ carried Lizzie, slumped over his shoulder, into the living room, sitting her down on the couch, and then, fulfilling a wish he'd harbored since meeting her, AJ fell asleep with his head in Lizzie's lap. When he woke up, he knew she'd be gone, but he would have faith, difficult as it would be. He'd have faith in the woman he loved, because she deserved every ounce of it. Chapter 10 Lizzie laid her palms flat on the closed laptop and took a deep breath. She was glad she'd asked the hotel to remove the minibar from her room prior to checking in, because that added temptation would have been too much. Was she really going to do this? Yes, loving AJ had fitted her with armor. She wanted to live inside it for the rest of her life, rejoicing in the privilege of experiencing it, even for a short time, even if her next course of action made retaining that armor impossible. But there was no other way. People wanted to take advantage of the man who'd placed his trust in her, so her only option was to take away their power and, in doing so, expose herself, every single part. With shaky fingers, Lizzie opened the laptop and employed the video recorder. She stared back at her moving reflection on the screen a moment, reminding herself she wasn't the girl pictured in the photographs, the ones she'd unearthed last night, the ones spread across the hotel room table. That withdrawn, visibly unwell girl was still living inside Lizzie, but Lizzie had found a way to manage her. Bringing that girl to the surface... Introducing her, it would be difficult. 
and it might lose her AJ, who no doubt wanted to keep her past quiet, if for no other reason than to save her the pain and embarrassment. But she refused to watch her problems test his goodwill over and over again, refused to let people use her past against AJ. Those monsters would never stop reappearing unless she chased them away once and for all. Maybe letting AJ cough up money to keep things quiet would have kept them together longer. Maybe he wouldn't feel the same about her once everyone was aware of her shortcomings. But that was the risk she had to take. Saving AJ might also mean letting him go. With one final bracing breath, Lizzie hit the record button. Hi, my name is Lizzie Dixon, and I'm an alcoholic. AJ was busy trying not to flip a table. He wasn't angry. No, he couldn't be mad when his girlfriend had just done the bravest damn thing he could have imagined. In fact, that bravery had choked him up to such a degree that table flipping was really his only viable option. Where else could he expend the energy? Searching the background of the video, which was nearing 300,000 views already, hadn't given him any indication of her specific whereabouts. So grabbing Lizzie and squashing her up against his chest wasn't happening. Yet. Soon, though, please God, soon. He missed her so much he couldn't stand up straight. He looked like an old man going around, bent forward at the waist, hands constantly falling to his knees so he could take a breather. Sick of his phone ringing off the hook, possibly preventing Lizzie from getting through, AJ hit the ignore button on another call. Every time he tried calling her, it went directly to voicemail. But he couldn't bring himself to leave one, needing to hear her answers, her breath, her laughter. Eventually, listening to her recorded voice had hurt too much, so he'd stopped calling, ordering himself to be patient. Yeah, right. Holy hell, that woman. His woman. What had that look on her face meant? At the end of the video? AJ swore she'd been looking right at him, almost as if to say, It's up to you now. Whatever you decide, it's okay. AJ dropped into one of his kitchen chairs. Had Lizzie been giving him an out? Did she honestly think he wouldn't want the hero in that video? The hero he'd known she was all along. Because want didn't begin to cover the bone-deep requirement he had for her. So damn deep and tangled with his organs it couldn't be unearthed. The urge to impart that information to her was so strong. Maybe he could. Lizzie had asked for him to stand aside. To let her fight the demons on their heels. And he had. But now it was time to support her. Lift her up the way she'd done for him. Turning on a heel, AJ took the steps to his upstairs office two at a time, retrieving his laptop. Lizzie probably shouldn't have come to the Texans game. She wasn't worried about being recognized from the video, now nearing a staggering one million views. No, she was proud of what she'd done for herself and others like her. For AJ. She wouldn't change freeing him from potential legal battles and unwanted responsibilities for anything. Her concern was that being so close to AJ and not 
touching him might actually kill her. Already, swallowing was impossible, her palms sweating, pulse pumping, just knowing they were in the same arena. Even sitting in one of the nosebleed seats, Lizzie's heart went wild when the Texans came through the tunnel. AJ was impossible to miss, the giant red 99 emblazoned across his chest. Seeing him caused such massive relief, she forgot to be sad for a minute that he hadn't contacted her. Granted, it had only been one day since she'd released the video and returned home, but if he still wanted her, wouldn't he have been in touch? Lizzie was distracted from her miserable thoughts when an elbow nudged her side. She turned to an elderly woman on her right, finding a phone offered in her direction. A phone with AJ talking on the screen? Unable to hear his voice over the crowd, Lizzie held the speaker against her ear, closed her eyes, and listened. What does a hero look like to you? God, his voice. She'd missed it so much. Six foot five, like me? Maybe some days. On others, they look like my future wife, Lizzie Dixon. She stopped breathing, her eyes popping open to stare down at the field, seeing only a sea of green. Admitting you have a problem and overcoming it, facing it head on every single minute of the day, that's harder than what I do on the field. I'm in awe of that kind of strength. But there are men and women who need help being their own heroes, like Lizzie. I might not have found the woman I'm going to make my wife had that help not been available to her. Her video started the conversation. Now let's keep it going. Go to standwithlizzie.com to help. He was quiet a moment, rubbing a hand over the back of his neck before imploring the camera. And for the love of God, Lizzie, come home to me and give me a place to put all this love before I overflow, okay? Please, sweetheart. She couldn't listen to any more because her hand was shaking too violently to keep the phone aloft. It dropped into her lap, just in time for her to realize every screen in the stadium was displaying the Stand With Lizzie website address. She would never know how she found the ability to rise on unsteady legs, walking down the steps toward the field, almost in a trance. Getting close to AJ seemed to be her only life goal in that moment. Murmurings started around her, but she was only mildly aware of them, until they got louder and louder, drawing the attention of various Texans' staff flanking the field sidelines. When the voices started calling her name from all sides, she could no longer ignore them, or the cheering that started, the way it swelled and lifted around her like a summer storm. Since the game hadn't even begun, the premature cheering drew more and more attention until a camera person began filming Lizzie and, much to her red-faced horror, projected her image onto the ten-story screen overlooking the field. But nothing, not even her embarrassment mattered when the one voice she needed to hear so desperately broke through all the others, drawing her attention back to the field. AJ stood at the 50-yard line, facing Lizzie. He removed his helmet, dropping it, the same way he'd done the first time they'd met. And Lizzie didn't think. She took the hand offered by a smiling Texan staffer who called her by name, jumping down onto the field. And then she ran as fast as she could toward the love of her life, the crowd roaring in her ears like thunder. Looking as though he didn't quite believe Lizzie was real, 
AJ only moved to hit the ground in a kneeling position, opening his arms so she could fling herself into them, knocking them both backward onto the field. Marry me, he rasped against her ear. Tomorrow. Yes. Epilogue. Tiptoeing was not AJ's strong suit. He and Lizzie had gotten home late last night after an appearance at the local hospital, where AJ had dressed like Santa Claus, handing out presents in the children's ward. At the last minute, Lizzie had surprised him by climbing into his truck dressed as Mrs. Claus, as if he'd needed a reason to love the woman any more. Afterward, his exhausted wife had taken a few steps inside the house, lain down on the couch, and fallen asleep in front of their Christmas tree, still dressed like Mrs. Claus. His heart squeezed up tight just looking at her. Forcing himself to stop staring at Lizzie, AJ finished placing her final present beneath the tree and knocked off an icicle ornament, crunching it to death under his king-sized slipper. AJ? Lizzie said sleepily from the couch. His smile didn't quite allow him to pull off his affronted sigh. You know, it could have been a clumsy burglar. I'm sure there's at least one out there. I don't mind you breaking things, she murmured, stretching out like a cat on the sofa, clearly still half asleep. It lets me know you're coming, and I get so happy. Lizzie snuggled up against the throw pillow and closed her eyes once more, giving AJ a chance to stare again without getting caught. Almost a year and a half had passed since Lizzie ran out onto the field and promised to be his wife. He hadn't given her time to change her mind, marrying her in a private ceremony the following afternoon in the stadium tunnel where they'd met, when Lizzie had asked him to autograph a football. Without Lizzie having to ask, he'd moved her grandfather into the guest house right out back, finding a part-time nurse to help out when Lizzie was working or her husband needed her undivided attention, which as it turned out was pretty damn frequently. Football took up an enormous amount of his days, and often evenings, so by the time he walked through the front door of their house, he tended to be a little territorial where his wife was concerned, asking very politely for everyone to give him some Lizzie and AJ time. Getting a fix of her green eyes brought him right back to earth, but it was only half the battle. Sometimes, after returning from out of town, he couldn't even put a sentence together until he was skin to skin with Lizzie, his arousal driving her up the bed, those hands on his ass to yank him closer. God, he loved when she did that. And hell, he probably shouldn't be thinking about making back-in-town love to his wife while wearing nothing but a pair of Rudolph boxers. The reindeer had sprung a third antler just in time for Lizzie to stir again on the couch rubbing her eyes as she sat up. Good morning. Her mouth fell open. Is that my present? The tips of his ears felt hot. She still did that to him, this woman from whom he kept not a single secret. Well, except maybe when it came to her Christmas presents. Lord, I even get turned on when you're dressed like Mrs. Claus. He blew out a breath. I'm a lost cause over you, sweetheart, and I love it. Lizzie's hands flew to the gray wig that had slipped sideways on her head, sending her into a fit of laughter. Over the last year and a half, that laugh had changed subtly, 
grown more confident, more joyful, stronger. A lot like the Stand with Lizzie Foundation, of which she'd become the fearless leader, helping countless men and women overcome their addictions. He'd held Lizzie's hand through her first speaking engagement, his pride overflowing when she did the next one on her own. Well, I can't let you be the only one in their underwear on Christmas morning, can I? She tugged the wig off, letting dark hair flow free, before lifting the costume over her head and casting it aside, leaving her in nothing but candy cane stockings. Merry Christmas, AJ. His breath went uneven at the sight of her breasts, gorgeous in the glow of Christmas tree lights. Get over here before I die from lack of holding you. The love in her smile knocked him back a step, but he recovered in time to catch her, wrapping her up in his arms like a present and inhaling the smell of pink sugar. Are we going to start a new tradition of opening presents naked? Because I have to tell you, I probably won't even make it through one. Lizzie slid teasing fingers down his bare chest, tracing the edge of his boxer's waistband, slaying him with a throaty little whimper. One each, then you take me back upstairs. Deal, he growled, releasing Lizzie long enough to stoop down and grab a rectangular box wrapped in silver paper. Her forehead wrinkled as she studied it, so damn adorable. But when she got the paper off, her eyes grew shiny. You kept the Sharpie? Her laugh was watery as she turned over the glass display case, housing the implement she'd left behind the day they'd met, giving him a way of finding her, forgetfulness he thanked God for every day of his life. I love you, AJ. I knew it when you showed up in my living room. She ran her index finger along the polished edge. What if I hadn't left it? I'd still be looking, sweetheart. When someone makes you realize your chest has felt half empty all along, until they walked in, you don't forget. You make me feel full too, Lizzie whispered. She buried her face against his chest, trailing her lips up to his pounding heart, planting kisses there. Your turn. AJ tried to avoid looking at her tight backside as she retrieved his present from beneath the tree, but he failed, and poor Rudolph's face stretched even more in an effort to keep his erection covered. I'm losing focus, Lizzie. Apparently dedicated to making it through the single round of presents, Lizzie handed him a tiny white box surrounded by a red bow. With a deep breath for patience, AJ undid the red decoration, rubbing the smooth edge over Lizzie's pert nipples, before letting it fall to the ground. Not fair, she breathed. His rumbling laugh cut off when he opened the box lid and tugged out a tiny piece of mesh material, a miniature Texan's jersey. Who is this going to fit on? Everything came into sharp focus when he turned it over and saw their last name on the back. His heart went flying into an impossible rhythm, his eyes seeking out Lizzie's green ones for confirmation. Baby, are you... Are we? Baby. She nodded, her happy tears brimming over to coast down her face. Due in late May. Her hands pressed to her cheeks, but AJ grabbed them, pressed them to his own. A shout of pure happiness worked its way up his throat, bursting free. 
Oh Lord, his knees wobbled so bad he had no choice but to kneel down, wrapping his arms around Lizzie's middle. That seals it. I'm the luckiest man on the planet. Lizzie's fingers combed through his hair before resting on her stomach. We get you. That makes us the lucky ones. Her exhale was full of contentment, matching the feeling blanketing his soul. I love you both. That did it. His happiness meter hit its maximum and exploded. I love you both too. AJ stood carefully scooping up his wife, God, she was glowing, and moving toward the staircase. We need to get an actual car, Lizzie. You can't put a baby seat in a truck, can you? And names, we should discuss names. And now is a really good time for me to stop breaking things. Their laughter drifted down the staircase. Okay, we're done. We're back. <laughs> How's that for a grand gesture? I know, right? Ooh. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the Football Pants Chronicles about J.J. Watt. Some other stuff that I have going is that heat stroke is on sale for 99 cents. It's a male male. It takes place at the beach between two lifeguards. It's very like opposites attract, very angsty. Let's see. So sexy hot. Super Give it a sexy. chance. Yeah. Don't, You're giving don't, away lots of merchandise. Too. Yes. 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 Doing a giveaway on readmeromance.com. If you sign up for my newsletter this week, you're going to get a free ebook of Find Her, which is the podcast book from earlier this season about the rock star and the girl in the front row. The other thing is that if you'd like to fix her up, you can pre-order the next book in the series. It's called Lover or Lose Her. And it's on Amazon. You can pre-order the ebook or pre-order the paperback, whatever you want to do. It's the It's the married couple that I've been writing for forever. (laughs) So, all right. I thought that's it. Next week. Oh, next week on the podcast, we have Eve Dangerfield. Um, Yeah. She's one of my favorite writers. She writes hot as shit stories. So please don't miss it. I think there's some daddy stuff in there. I'm Um, so excited. And I also wanted to mention that hate the game by winter Renshaw's out. It is a football book. So if you still want to continue on this football high, Go on and click that. Most of our stuff is generally in Kindle Unlimited. I think so. So, All right, Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.